Good evening, and welcome to the Standards of Greatness podcast. I am your host, Evan Jones, a.k.a. The Wrestling God, and I am joined by... The Alpha Angel, Brian Mead. How are you doing tonight, Evan? I am doing fantastic. We're getting ready to head into the spooky season. We're at the end of September. You know what I miss? I miss, I miss Halloween Havoc, man. I... I miss, and I'm not talking, I mean, I mean like some good old school WCW Halloween Havoc, big old pumpkin on the entranceway. Yeah, uh, it was pretty cool that NXT did some callbacks to that the last couple of years. Uh, who knows if we'll get that. That seemed to be more of a Triple H-led initiative. Uh, sell me on it. I love I love Halloween Havoc. I, I remember watching The Giant versus Hulk Hogan in, in the 90s and being like, really little and super impressed by what they were doing and then going back and watching it as an adult and realizing it was the shits. Uh, okay, okay, that like that is fair, but see, my memory, like looking back on Halloween, I think of Macho Man, Randy Savage, Diamond Dallas Page, just good times. Maybe, I, you know what, I think I might just go back and watch some of that after, uh, after <laughs> uh, we get done tonight. All right. But in the meantime... Alrighty, well, moving on to current news with WWE. Uh, this last week, uh, a new episode of Dark Side of the Ring came out. Uh, who better than Chris Canyon? The answer is no one. Nobody. <laughs> uh, the, it was, you know, Dark Side of the Ring's not a lighthearted affair for anybody. Uh, it was some difficult material to, to hear. You know, you hear... Um, one of his old managers, uh, I forget his name off the top of my head, he played the Sinister Minister in like TNA and stuff like that, James Mitchell. Uh, he described the erratic behaviors of Chris Canyon, uh, who you know eventually came out as openly gay. Uh, we're not going to delve too deep into that. It's something that I think everybody should watch. Uh, there's definitely some things that have came to light. Um Canyon made the accusation that he was let go from WWE because of, you know, being a homosexual when in actuality, WWE claims, not actuality, excuse me, uh, the WWE is claiming that it was because he wasn't good enough. Uh, we saw Howard Stern interviews um, from John Cena and a call-in from Ric Flair where they both kind of took the company line and basically tried to insinuate that it wasn't for that reason and that he wasn't a good wrestler, which we've all watched Canyon, even back to his days as Mortis and Men at Work. The dude mm-hmm. could the dude could work. Like they never well, gave that, him a that, chance in WWE. Well, he's a WCW guy. He's it, a WCW guy. If you came if you came from WCW in that era it didn't matter. Like, Raven, I mean, I, I was always a Raven fan. Gets to WWE, it's not like he was treated like he was in ECW or even WCW with the flock. He was he was, he was was a joke, relegated to the hardcore division. Well, that's the thing. Like, with Raven, the WWE basically had him. He, he was part of the WWE back when they were the WWF. He had a surfer gimmick as a manager and it was really terrible. We're talking repo man bad. And when he got rehired as the Raven, Vince asks, who the hell hired so-and-so back? Referring to his WWF gimmick. That right there tells you where your ceiling's at. And Canyon never got a fair shake. To me, 
watching that episode was hard, uh, especially the the Boy George stuff, because I remember watching it on TV where they had him come out of a box singing a Boy George song to The Undertaker and then getting absolutely obliterated. Call, call it what it is. It might not have been for the reasons that, you know, they're claiming. Uh, we can't verify Canyon's story, unfortunately. He passed away a few years ago. He committed suicide. Um, it's one of those things where I do think it was bullying. I do think it was excessive. Um, headshots to the chair, you don't see him anymore, really. But that was one of the most brutal beatdowns I've seen outside of maybe JBL and the Blue Meanie stuff. It just, it looked real. It looked like a punishment. It looked like he was being punished for something, at least in my opinion. Um, as far as fans calling for John Cena to be canceled, um, 2005 John Cena is a lot different than 2021 John Cena. I know it's one of those things where we don't want to say, you know, time heals all wounds and stuff like that, but we also evolve as people. And. Yeah. He took the company line. He was a brand new WWE champion. They own the rights literally to his name. Like, he's going to take the company line there. I don't fault him for that, but calling Chris Canyon not a good wrestler, that's that's subjective to Vince's opinion and Vince's opinion only. I thought he was great. I loved Mortis. I thought that was great. Uh, as far as Ric Flair's release statement, he kind of backpedaled on what he said during that call-in and basically tried to affirm that he was pro-LGBTQ. It's a little late to the party, Nate, but at least I'm glad you could recognize it to save what little bit of dignity you had. After after last week, I think the Nature Boy is going to do anything he possibly can to try and save face anywhere. I mean, he's been losing sponsorships. He's been, like, things are not going good for Ric Flair. It's WCW Bischoff era of Ric Flair booking. <laughs> uh, moving on, we wanted to talk about WWE Unextreme Rules. Oh right. my gosh, that was such a... No, extreme isn't the word. Boring. Disappointment. Boring was it? It was uh, the Pete Dunn on a mic of pay-per-views. Alright, let's get like... I feel like we just got to slog through this, buddy. So let's let's do it. Um, I mean, it wasn't all terrible. There were some enjoyable moments. Uh, I popped when Roman Reigns put on the mask when they him and the demon brawled through the crowd. To me, that was just you know he he had leukemia, so it makes sense he, he would want to protect himself. But also as a as a heel, it's like you know, he's wearing it because oh, y'all are nasty. Like I enjoyed that. I popped for you know a few things in that match. Um. Couple cringy moments. The couple cringy moments in that match, in my opinion. The match itself was good. Okay, like everything about the match, right up in it. You know what I'm, you know what I'm about to say here. Right up until that moment, was great. Like I was enjoying Finn Balor. I was enjoying Roman Reigns. I was, I was into it. You had the demon thing who had never been beaten. Can he? put down Roman and Roman's looking tough as you know ever great match and then and then well that, that's the <laughs> things you know two things that are abs- the absolute truths in wrestling perception is reality and when it comes to booking you cannot make that shit up 
Like, oh my gosh. Okay, so if you don't know what we're talking about, while on the ground, un- unconscious, the uh, arena went red, Finn Balor's music started playing, he started having gyrations. He's got such Finn, big grapefruits. Um, and, and did a demon hulk up, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I'll give him points for creativity. But fuck no, that 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 made no sense. I I just don't want to do the red lights anymore because every time that they do the red lights, they think of that I hell in flashbacks. a cell. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that was one of the worst um, matches of all time. And then uh, Finn, you know, puts down Roman, heads to the top rope for that coup de grace, <laughs> and his massive grapefruits broke. <laughs> <laughs> the ring, the, okay. The, the turnbuckle comes down, and um, and the thing was is the lights immediately went back to normal. The music stopped playing. Like it was clear that it was a planned spot and not something that was accidental, an accident, and spon- yeah. spontaneous. Um, and then, okay, so Roman Spear gets the win. And then after the match, points up at the sky like, hey, hey, God, thanks for the heel turn. And, you know, God's always God's always been a heel. I'm just saying, man, <laughs> kids with ass cancer. What the fuck? No, was, last time we saw God in a WWE ring, he was a baby face. You saw him? You saw John Cena? <laughs> no, in all seriousness, like... That ending was trash. Like, so fucking bad. That's something Vince Russo would have booked. It has, I can tell you this, I'm not even sure if it was Vince booking it. That reeks of Bruce Pritchard to me. Like, I went back and rewatched it this morning. And I'm not, I don't want to give away the trade secret, but like, through, through the red lights, you could see the referee messing with the other end of the turnbuckle. So, like, just stop with these kind of finishes, for real. It always happens under red lights. Um, I, I, really, I really think this was a case of WWE booking themselves into a corner. You have the demon who's undefeated, and you kind of realize all too late, like, oh, yeah, if, if Roman beats him, we, we can't do that anymore. And on the other side, you know, you don't want Roman to lose the belt. Uh, although I think that could have been done. I actually think Roman could have lost the belt, picked it back up from Finn Balor. Yeah, I think that's the way you book it. A hundred percent. I would rather see the demon beat Roman Reigns because that validates the strength of Roman Reigns and the demon. And then Reigns goading Finn into a match as Finn Balor the Prince. And Roman picks it back up in time for Crown Jewel. Like, to me, it just... The ending absolutely ruins it. And what it all comes down to is... Everybody remembers the finish. That's the most important part of a match. No one's going to really remember the, the fantastic match you put on before it if it's 
the drizzling shits at the end. Well, and you know what could have been really nicely done with it is if you if you have the demon pick up the belt, right? And then, you know when you do the rematch? With, on the same night you're doing the draft. Yep, make that the main event of the draft. And then Roman picks up the belt and all of a sudden, bam, out, bam, out, Brock Lesnar's music hits. Or hell, you could have uh, like Let- an NXT call-up cost Finn the title. There's you know, a, a million, into, you know, a yeah, million so palettes. That's my biggest complaint about the WWE in today's modern age. They treat their audience, us, like we're fucking idiots. Stop it. We're smarter than you because we can figure this shit out for a reason. Do fucking better. Um, Hashtag do fucking better. Exactly. Um, I actually, like, so a lot of people were crapping on the Charlotte Bliss, or Charlotte Flair versus Alexa Bliss match. Um, I didn't think the match itself was terrible. I thought they told a really good story. Um, a couple cringy moments at the end, again, seemed to be kind of the running theme of the night. Um, <laughs> it, it's Alexa Bliss's hometown. So, you know, you'd think the hometown favorite, you know, she was getting a good reaction from the crowd. But, like, there was a point in the match where it just kind of fell apart for her. And I have been seeing rumors now that she's being written off and taking time off TV for who knew who knows how long but the ending after the match where charlotte ripped up the lily doll and then we see a clearly you know alka-seltzer tab being dissolved in her mouth alexa bliss which left a lot of (laughs) visuals for a lot of our our male audience out there um do do you think the segment would have been better if like the foam tablet thing had gone kind of more how it was supposed to go I I mean I've never been a big fan of those. I don't think it would have really helped the segment. I think yeah, you would have been better are. off having Alexa just kind of like hold the Lily doll and like shake and then scream. And then the thing is, there was no reaction to that. Like none. The crowd is dead silent. Hometown favorite, hometown girl, dead silent. Care about the Lily doll. Do no. you care about Lily? No. That's okay, the thing. Wait, no, no. no, let me ask you. Wait, wait. Hold on. Let me ask you this. Back in the 90s, did you care about Head? Did you care about Pepe? Everybody loves Head. Everybody loves Head. Everybody loves Pepe. <laughs> uh, I mean, to a degree, but that's not the same level of over. Alexa was using a borrowed gimmick, which also... I'm going to touch on this in a second. Um, it never oh, yeah, con- no. It never connected with the fans. It was Bray Wyatt's gimmick. The Fiend, all that stuff was Bray Wyatt's. Nobody ever really gave this a shot because why should we care? I was fine with it when she was like his, you know, sidekick. But like the WrestleMania shit last year and then this. Just burn it in hell. But, from what I'm reading on Dirt Sheets, apparently they're pitching the idea of (laughs) Kevin Owens picking up the gimmick, which, no, fuck you, Vince, or Bruce, or Bucky fucking Beaver, or whoever's in charge that pitched this. If this is true, 
Fuck you. Kevin Owens is one of the best talents you've ever had. And you're going to have him dress up as a generic dark character because you need to sell the merch and you own the rights. That's fucking stupid. Do fucking better. I don't even understand what really made that character uh, great. Like Bray Wyatt, when when that when the fiend, when that whole thing started, when with, with the Firefly Funhouse, that's what sold. And Bray Wyatt, like it was so unique at that time, and that was all a Bray Wyatt brainchild, and. When you get to the point where it's just being handed off from wrestler to wrestler, Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens is one of the best talkers, if not the best talker, uh, in my opinion, working in WWE right now. Definitely agree. Uh, the, the, the interviews with Michael Cole, I, I'll just go to and YouTube those sometimes for fun, just because I love watching Kevin Owens badmouth Michael Cole. It's hilarious. Um, I think anyone should badmouth Michael Cole. <laughs> baby but uh, to to keep passing along this gimmick to from person to person it continuously waters it down um, just it really reminds me of uh, when a couple of guys you know years back went over to WCW and he couldn't let go of of some stuff then. <laughs> we'll touch on that later in a, in a little while too. <laughs> uh, but, it, but it's true. Just like let people work their own gimmick. Uh, Kevin Owens doesn't need it. Alexa Bliss didn't need it. And I, I really hope that when Alexa Bliss does come back, it's with something that's fresh for her that that she can get over with because she just, it, it was never going to happen. Yeah, it just never had the same level of reaction, never had the same level of fan buy-in. And honestly, I'm, I'm hoping this is the end of it. My gut tells me it's not. Probably not because they want to move the merch, but I agree. Like, I think, I think what they really need to do at this point is they need, you know, like, they need to just get rid of all these dark, uh, kind of mythical, magical characters, Undertaker-esque, whatever. Just get rid of them for – and I'm not saying permanently, but I'm saying for a while because the the whole thing that made The Undertaker so unique and special was he was like this dark, scary character in like a big, bright cartoon world. It was so uh, – Exactly. It was such a, a juxtaposition you don't have that now well yeah and that's the things we we talked about that a few episodes ago and it really i'm honestly with wwe these days i'm getting uh more new generation vibes than i ever have the talent is a lot better there's better wrestlers across the board it's not you know sid vicious and van vader versus Shawn michaels bret hart you know there's you know there's more talent i'm not saying they're better than the, the you know some of the greats but like Quality of wrestling is is higher. There's a higher talent level, higher athleticism. Yeah, I think the overall roster has greater depth. Yes. Um, than the roster back in '92-'93, um, but I think that also comes to speak to uh, excuse me speaks to the change in wrestling style. You know, we saw a, a big change 
from the 80s style moving into the 90s and again from the 90s moving into the 2000s and uh, we're more of an indie style now we've seen that transition into the more AEW ROH style than we have the WWE style you know it's 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 more of a creative environment and wrestlers are taking advantage of it except in one place uh, moving back to, to Raw uh, this past week. Raw was actually better than the pay-per-view. I actually enjoyed a majority of it. Um, and and 20% more extreme. Yeah, 20, 20% <laughs> more extreme, that's for sure. There were tables. There was a cage match. It was such good shit. Oh, God. You know, I really... Okay, so I really want to say, um, in terms of, like, formatting... We were talking about this a little bit last week. I really liked that WWE they they opened the show with a uh, a championship match. They had booked they like they had given a reason. Big E actually gave a reason why this is the match that's going to open the show, and I liked that. Yeah, it it told the story that it needed to. Um, I was actually really excited. This was a good match. Uh, then the Hurt Business showed up. And then the New Day showed up, and it led to an all-out brawl, uh, setting up our main event, obviously, you know, a rematch in a cage, uh, which saw both teams involved again. Uh, I'm happy that the Hurt Business is back, uh, hopefully. Um, You know, it's a shame that they broke them up when they did. Uh, There's a lot of theories. I personally believe that they didn't want to have the comparisons to the Bloodline. That's why they split them up, you know. Three-man crew, four-man crew, there's some similarities. I could see the logic that they might have behind that, but I think it was fucking stupid. Uh, I I didn't see those two as uh, similar entities at all, personally, but uh, I, I am glad that the Hurt Business is back together. I, I It gives... Yep. Gives them all something to do, and that's and that was the problem is when they broke up. Okay, well, Bobby Lashley and MVP has something to do. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. It's like if it gets Bobby Lashley away from a microphone, I am all for it. That said, he did actually cut some good promos between, you know, uh, unextreme rules and Raw. Um, you know, I kind of liked how they did, they did that backstage segment where he called Biggie a coward and like set up the story to tell on, on to Monday night. I thought that was really well done. Um, it, was a, it was a really good big man match, too. Yeah, like, that's that rare. Was not, yeah, that's the thing. Like, you always want a good big man match. You're always hoping to get one. And then a lot of times it's, it's slow, really slow-paced, and a lot of rest holds. I didn't feel that in this match. I felt like they was, were both cruising, or, or this the set of matches. They were both cruising. They were both moving. Big, heavy hitting moves. Well, no, neither of them, fun. neither of them really looked gassed, except for when Big E took those shots in the the start off match where he got looked like he got clocked, you know, pretty good. You know, it's some good selling. Um, but neither of them looked gassed or blown up. So I was all for it. Two big hosses just going to battle. Big sweaty men. Such good (laughs) shit. (laughs) Um, AJ Styles versus Matt Riddle. I don't know if you had a chance to see this, Brian. That actually was my match of the night, man. You know, I like the two title matches, but Riddle and Styles, 
I can watch them fight forever, man. That was that was wonderful. Yeah, uh, I, I liked that AJ was able to to get over there uh, on Riddle. It, it kind of tells the story. It continues almost and AJ versus uh, Randy and Riddle. My one problem is, where's Randy? Dude, I, he's ready. He's 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 plotting just off screen, and he's gonna hit you with an RKO out of nowhere. Oh fuck my neck! <laughs> I have no idea where Orton is. No, uh, I don't know either. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, I don't know if they're planning on doing working this into the storyline. We're just a, where's Randy? And it's it's kind of weird for to me anyway for Riddle to be. Um, Using the RKO. Yeah. Uh, I get they're a team and like they, they've done each other's moves. But like... That's taboo in my opinion. You don't yeah. use... You, you don't use another man's finish. You don't... You don't... You don't do that. That's not okay. Um, Un- unless it's a situation like there was uh, with, with Flair and The Miz... You know, several years ago, where Flair like said, "Okay, I'm I'm giving you the figure four, and then the Miz started using the figure four for a while. You know, mm-hmm. at least that makes a little bit more logical sense because then you don't feel like they're stealing it. But it it still feel even then it feels forced. This feels Super really fo- forced, and I'd I'd rather just see Matt Riddle be Matt Riddle. Yeah. Um. Shayna Brasler for the second week in a row, um, she made an appearance and she took someone out, and I couldn't be happy with who she's hurt. I don't fucks with Nia Jax. I, I don't. I don't like her. I think she's an unsafe worker. I don't think she's improved in the ring. I don't think she's really all that over with the crowd. I think it's just you know a family connection. Uh, and then Eva Marie this week, um, which. We could do a whole episode on terrible fucking please, decisions involving her. Please, let's never... Like, if we never talk about Eva Marie on this show, I would be fine with that. I... Oh, my God. Unfortunately, as long as she's on within the business, we're probably going to talk with her at so, talk about her at some point if she's doing something relevant. I did enjoy that Dewdrop. I, I hate saying that yeah. name. I did enjoy that Piper Niven. I'm going to call her by her actual <laughs> fucking ring name because... We're not fucking stupid. Versus Charlotte Flair for the Raw Women's Title. I thought that was actually, you know, a good booking decision. I, I thought it featured Flair looking good. I thought it featured Dewdrop looking good. Uh, that said, Eva Marie came out and cost Dewdrop the match. I just get Eva Marie off my fucking screen. Like I, I would rather watch paint dry. I would rather watch a Daniel Roberts twenty minute promo. I would rather watch. <laughs> I would rather watch so many other terrible fucking things in the world. Eva Marie, I, I, I really think you just put a mic in her hand and have her go interview guys backstage. Yeah, that's that's what she should be doing, not in the ring. I'm not trying to talk bad about her, you know, like, like she's. I, you know, at one time, at one time. She had the talent level that was uh, what you would see amongst the divas in WWE. Those days are gone. Yes, maybe 10 years ago was her time. 
Like, even, not now. Even Marie versus Shayna Baszler, there's no contest. Yeah, I mean, and WWE is probably going to book even Marie to win. Like, to me, it just there's so much more talent depth in the WWE that they don't take advantage of. You have a stacked women's roster, yet you don't do anything with it. I, I just I don't get it. Um, you know, we saw the return of Sasha Banks as a heel for the billionth fucking time. Um, you know, in the Becky versus Bianca Belair match at the pay-per-view, and, you know, Sasha's talented, Becky's talented, Bianca's talented. I'm hoping the WWE draft shakes some stuff up here. I... I just yeah. their their women's division is good, but like it could be better. You know the boss gimmick to me is um at, th- at this point like I liked it in when she was down in NXT, but I I really think at this point it's a little stale. We should yeah it is and and and, and it's been such a start stop thing. For her. She disappeared so, from SummerSlam. Yeah, if we could just get her on some kind of new gimmick, just a, 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 a refresher, you know, akin to a Chris Jericho re, reworking yourself, I think it would do her wonders. Definitely agree. Um, and to end Raw, we had the Steel Cage match. Uh Two big hosses going to battle. We saw, like I said, Hurt Business and New Day involved. Um, Biggie picked up the win post-match. He was celebrating. And then Drew McIntyre came out with his sword and pointed at Big E to end the show. Well, Drew can challenge for the title again. That was the stipulation um, Yeah. when he lost to Lashley. Yeah, I'm okay with that. But, like, we both know some heel's going to interfere. Like in that match, I, I, it's probably to solidify Big E, but with the draft looming, who knows if it'll actually happen? Well, I, I mean, it, it'd be a babyface versus babyface kind of thing. I mean, like there's been talk, like I've heard people talk about turning Big E heel, but I, where I think that would have been the move six months ago. I think now, it's ter- terrible idea now. No. The crowd's behind him. No, if you're going to do it, in my opinion, how I would do it is I would have Xavier Woods turn heel and get Big E DQ'd. Freshen up the New Day. Let's Xavier Woods have some relevance. Because of the New Day, the only relevance he has is his up, up, down, down channel. And I, I love that channel, but he is so talented. Even his consequences creed back in TNA. He has the capability to do so much more. And he's over his shit with the crowd. I think it writes itself. That's just me. Consequences and I go way back. Uh, we're, we're, we're buddies. And I can tell you that I would love to see him in the title picture. But I think if you're going to break up the New Day... And this is just me how I would do it. I would have it start with Kofi. Kofi looking at 
Big E and going, I'm supposed to be the star of this group. That that's my belt. That's supposed to be my belt. And and now you're here. You think that that you're the the, the star of this? No, this is what should be mine. You let them go at it for a month, and then you bring in Xavier and have him be like the, and do that triangle thing because I when see I, I think about like the, when the shield broke up and all of a sudden you had like you know we're gonna wait for three months and then we're gonna do Dean Ambrose and you know Seth Rollins and we're gonna wait another month and a half before we get to Roman Reigns. It, it just, it strung out too long for me. If you're going to do the breakup thing, I'd rather you tell the story in two, three months and then move on to the next thing. Cause I don't want it to just be this like, and they were the new day thing for. Yeah. We don't, we don't want the new day to become the new shield. Um, my problem with trying to heal Kofi and it's really hard for me to buy heal Kofi. Same reason you have a problem with Bob with uh bobby Lashley, smiling bob Bob. kofi kofi's too happy go lucky like it would have to be a complete demeanor change and i just i could see it more out of xavier than i could out of kofi well maybe you bring back jamaican kofi maybe that's the way to do it oh god oh my god no god no (laughs) okay okay you know what I know, I know what you're saying, Evan. You're saying that idea is absolute shit. Hashtag shit. We can say shit now. Yeah. But let's move on to the biggest piece of shit of the week. NXT 2.0 shit. Uh, yeah. I mean, NXT 2.0. I didn't watch it live last night. I, I caught it this morning. Well, look at you. Uh, it, there are some bright spots. I enjoy I enjoy the guy with the the woke gimmick, Joe Gacy or whatever his name was, the one that went viral. I thought that, that I think that's, that's a creative that's a creative gimmick. Um I actually am digging what they're doing with Toxic Attraction with Mandy Rose, Gigi Dolan and uh JC, I, I forget their last name. Uh I think they're doing some interesting stuff there. They had uh the end of the show where she and her gals attacked Raquel uh Velasquez and or Gonzalez and um yeah I I think there's some potential to tell a good story I think the belt does need to come off of Raquel sooner rather than later because I think she's going to get called up um Braun Breaker I know we shit on him a couple weeks ago with the terrible name uh, Rex Steiner terrible name really fun yeah entertaining he yeah, can I say like, shit. I, I like Braun Breaker. He's got 120. I, I hate his name. Can we Viking Raiders his name off? And it's the, it's the Braun Experience. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, uh, I, I I like the uh, the story they're trying to, to lay down with him and Thomas Achampa. Uh I do think Braun Breaker. He he looks. He has the looks. He has the talent on the mic. He can say shit on the air. Now apparently that's cool now. Uh, and then so edgy, so edgy. I actually enjoy the uh, Indy Hartwell and Dexter Lumis stuff. 
they did little vignettes of them on their honeymoon and the Graganos trying to like interfere and stop them and like I popped really hard at the end of the segment when Dexter threw up a thumbs up with the co- the condoms in hand. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's so many funny gags throughout the whole show that with them, and it's just good storytelling. Um, now on to the cons. Uh, there were a lot of them. Uh, the opening match was one of the worst matches I've ever watched. I'm I don't know about you, Brian. I don't know about you at home in the audience. I'm not feeling hit row. I like Swer- Isaiah Swerve Scott, super talented. I like AJ Francis, super talented. The other two I just don't give a shit about because they haven't given me a reason to give them a shit about. Uh, B-Fab uh, and Electra Lopez both had their second ever WWE television matches in a no-DQ match where they played tug-of-war with the fucking table. Where they missed drop kicks, Where they missed punches. It was terrible. What I get concerned about right there is, you know, um, especially when these guys have been being put through the performance center, which is especially um, designed to take advantage of camera angles, to work in things so it looks more real on TV. um, And it comes off looking that bad. it really shows you're not TV ready. And then when you start adding in the weapons element and everything that can go wrong it just, it, with a weapon spot. It was, to me, it, it looked like a match. Concerning. To me, it looked like a match with two greenhorns who didn't know what they were doing and kind of just were forced by the script and told, here's your spots, execute. And they executed them just very sloppily. Um, you know, it wasn't the only women's match on the show. Uh, the women's tag title match actually was good, and so was the women's championship match uh, between Frankie Monet and Ra- Raquel Gonzalez. Um, but, like, in the women's tag match, I saw several missed drop kicks, several, like, just sloppy spots from the tag champs mm-hmm. who've been on TV for weeks. You know, Toxic Attraction, they're just now kind of coming together. Mandy Rose has never been, like, the most talented in-ring person. She's more of the personality of the group. Uh, to me, it just... But, it, but she is the highlight of that group. Agreed. Uh, the, the toxic attraction, as as far as, like, a group and a gimmick, she's what's holding that all together she, for me. She legitimizes them. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. I, I think that you could tell... A lot of really interesting stories. If you know, have Mandy Rose versus Raquel, have you know, Toxic Attraction screw Raquel out of the belt. Um, then you can set up building a new babyface. There's a lot. The women's roster between WWE, NXT, or it's Raw, SmackDown, and NXT is super deep. There's a lot of stories you could tell, you know, um, and that that kind of leads into. You know, the WWE draft, like we talked about. NXT 2.0 is involved. Um, my major concern is, I think this branding is a regression. I think this whole initiative is a huge regression from what they had. They used to be the cool alternative. Now that they got beat by AEW, they're not the cool alternative anymore. And it literally looks like they took NXT and New Generation and mashed them together. And... 
I don't care how much edgier content or, you know, the word shit being dropped on live TV. <laughs> Bad matches are still going to turn me away from your product. And that goes for Raw and SmackDown, too. Got the draft coming up. Yeah. So uh, and I know you're not super down for the fantasy booking thing, but let's have some fun here, man. Yeah. All right. So we're going to have some fun with this. It, the reason I, I'm not super down with part of the problem with predicting, you know, wrestling is a lot of it's predetermined. You don't know the results. Some, sometimes it can be fun, but with, you know, the draft being held over two nights, we don't know how that's going to impact the crown jewel or survivor series. Um, I think that SmackDown and Raw both need a freshen up. Basically in the same way. Um, I think, I think Raw needs it more than, than SmackDown does. The question is, will Fox throw a fit if Roman Reigns went to Raw? I would like to see that. I would like to see Roman Reigns go to Raw. Or if you're not going to send him to Raw, send Drew McIntyre to SmackDown. And have Drew versus Roman at WrestleMania, so Drew gets his moment in front of a crowd. I I am down with seeing Drew versus Roman. I think that that is, especially if you, uh, especially if you include Brock Lesnar in that mix. With Could be a triple threat between. Yeah, like a triple. Well, a triple threat in the in the in the winner. That moves into a one-on-one contest because I, you know, personally for me at WrestleMania, I like my championship one-on-one matches a lot more than the the, the triple threats or triple threats are complicated because like the problem with triple threats is they don't they're no DQ, but like they're I feel like triple threats are always missing some form of rules to make them make sense to set them apart. Because otherwise, why not just have a, a no-DQ match? Just call it a, a three-way no-DQ. Like, or, mm-hmm. you know, or add a fourth. Make it a fatal four-way. Well, I don't understand. I mean, when it comes to, like, a triple threat match, why couldn't you still be counted out? Like, yeah, I, I think you could run it, elim- like, if you get DQ'd, it's an elimination-style thing. You just take your ass to the back. Yeah, and I, now the other two guys get to finish it out. Yeah, no, I, 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 mean, I would like that. That's how I think it should be, but I know that's not how. Yeah, it no, is. No, it's there's a lot of fun storytelling potential there. Um, you know, I don't think Fox is going to want Big E as their champion. Uh, I think he's going to stay on Raw. I think Xavier Woods and Kofi could end up on SmackDown, kind of like they did last year, where they kind of broke the new day up, but they kind of didn't. It was kind of weird. Um, <laughs> there's a, a lot of fun things. Uh, I think we're going to see some interesting call-ups. Uh, I think we see Imperium make the call-up. That's my prediction. Uh, there's okay. rumors that Walter is finally moving to the U.S. Um you could sign me up for Walter versus Big E all day long. Okay, okay, I can get down on that. Um, I can get down on that. I could see, you know, I could see Finn going back to NXT. I don't know why he's brought back up to Raw SmackDown in the first place. Um, you know, I could see something like 
the Garganos being moved up to SmackDown to kind of liven that up a little bit. Uh, See, and I, I really like that because nothing stops them from keeping that little uh, vignette story going on still on NXT call, call and, and allowing that to come back up later. Call all four know? of them up. Have them, you know, kind of watching from a distance, but have in, Indy Hartwell and Dexter do their own separate things, like away from them, but then bring it back together. Have a ta- mixed tag match at WrestleMania. Oh my gosh, dude. Put, uh, put Dexter and Indy on uh, Raw, put the Garganos on SmackDown, and now you got Johnny Gargano keep showing up on Raw trying to get one of them traded. You know, trying to get his daughter traded on over to yeah the SmackDown to get to get her away. Like that could be that like that could really freshen up that in a whole different way. Yeah, I know Candice LeRae is pregnant, so I know that that mixed match is most likely out of the question. But I don't know how anybody out there is watching any of the old Candice LeRae matches at CZW, PGW, uh, Dragon Gate. They're they're all bananas good. She is hella good in the ring and. I'm kind of shocked she hasn't been NXT Women's Champion. I mean, there's so many talented women in in NXT. It's, you can't just top potato the belt around. Yeah, no. So. She, she's been there for so long. It's just, you know, there was two points I think they should have pulled the trigger on it. Uh, I mean, it's kind of worked out good in the sense where you know, she's kind of helped build the legitimacy of the, you know, NXT women's roster here in Io Shirai and several others that have come before them and gotten called up. But, you know, she was she's a tag, former tag champ. So, I mean, there's something to talk about. <laughs> well, you got you to gotta, you gotta do something. Alrighty. Well, next is going to be a message from our sponsors. Brian, would you like to go ahead and read this? Well, ladies and gentlemen, from the uh, the creators of Whiskers brand uh, toilet paper, we have a new product to unveil to you. It is uh, I, I gotta pronounce this right. Enforced chew. Enforced chew. Enforced chew. There, there we go. Enforced chew to help you become a madman in the bedroom. Take Enforced Chew. It will keep you harder, longer, and keep you ready to go uh, pretty much until Chris Chaos uh, gets rehired again. Uh, It'll it'll take you from a zero to a hero in no time. Are you ready to be a king dominator in the bedroom instead of a Michael Miner? Not to be confused with Blue Chew. Enforce you. Not Blue Chew. Enforce you. Yeah, it lasts 20% longer than than Blue Chew. And uh, if you uh, have any side effects if it lasts too long, make sure to call your physician. Pick up your Enforce Chew today. All right. All right. Moving on to AEW. Uh, All right. Okay, okay. Nice little game that we're playing now. Evan and I, we both put up our predictions on uh, on Facebook. You you can all go back and, and check them out. We keep a little tally here, Evan. Let's see how you and I did. Alrighty. Over the course of the evening. I will. Uh, I will read the dynamite. Brian will read the rampage. Uh, oh, I don't. 
I don't have my thing up here. Okay, then I'll read them. That's no problem. All right, for AEW Dynamite Grand Slam, we kicked off the show with Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson. We actually both got it wrong. The match ended in a time limit draw. Um, it was an instant classic. Um, oh, so good. I I haven't seen a TV match that good in years. Um, I'm happy to be wrong as a fan. <laughs> and, and, and it was so mad. The ending of that match to me was so masterfully done where they like refused to stop fighting. Brian managed to get the, uh, the label lock there on Kenny Omega, right? Like uh, as the count five seconds after the, uh, after the bell had rung, like he had it locked in. He would have won the match. The, the elite come down, break it all up. And then Jurassic Express comes out. It was just great. Uh, moving on, we have Sting and Darby Allen versus FTR uh, with Tully Blanchard. We both got this one right, so the scoreboard is 1-1. One, one. Uh, MJF versus Brian Pillman, we both got this right. This will be 2-2. Two, two. Uh, Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black. Brian got this one right. I said it was going to be a no contest. I, I kind of, you know, I guess thought that they would do a little more with it. Um, it was still a good match. Uh, Cody Rhodes doesn't really have too many bad matches. I really like what they're doing with, with Malachi Black here. Keeping See, I, I picked him because they're keeping... I want to keep him strong. Yeah. I, I think he can go a lot further with that win over Cody, where I don't really think that Cody getting the win back over Malachi would have done anything really. Yeah. Him. Well, that's why, that's why I went with the no contest, him winning just to kind of like pro. Cause I thought they, they were going to prolong the feud and from all intents and purposes, I hear they are. Uh, the thing that kind of intrigued me was Cody Rhodes getting booed out of the building as you know, he's the top, top mid card baby pace. That was nuclear heat. That was X-Pac go away heat. Um, the thing that pissed me off Get Brandy Rhodes the fuck out of the ring. She has no business getting in there to do a spot with Malachi Black just to flip him off to get him to do a chuckle fuck face in front of the live camera. That's fucking stupid. Do fucking better. Well, the Rosario Dawson stuff made a lot more sense than anything that she's doing because it's it's exposure. That's that's bringing in an outside um, name. Yeah. You know, into into the program, so so that makes a lot more sense to me. Brandy, you know, if you're not if you're not in the know of the wrestling industry, Brandy Rhodes doesn't yeah like mean anything. I was fine with her being like the valet, like his manager. I don't want to see her wrestle. I don't. I'm not. I like her as a person. I'm just not a fan of hers being in the ring, and I think she had no business being in the ring. Like, I'm fine with spots like they did with Nick Aldis versus Cody Rhodes at All In, where she got, she tried to cover up her man, and, like, Nick Aldis ended up hurting her. I'm I'm okay with those spots occasionally. This had no place in this match. Well, those spots are much more akin to, like, the old uh, yeah. Macho Man, Miss Elizabeth kind of yeah. thing, which, you know, that, that draws a lot of sympathy. Yeah. So, so it can work, but the way that she's doing it now, I mean, you might as well make her like a, an authority GM character, which I, I really hope they. I, I don't want to. See. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, so that puts the score to three to two in Brian's favor. Uh, with the main event, Here. we had Brett Baker versus Ruby Soho. Um, 
Evan, me, I got this right. Uh, it puts the scoreboard to three versus three. Uh, while I would have liked to see Soho, you know, get the win there, I'm a huge Ruby Soho fan. I don't think she's quite ready for what they're doing there yet. I think she's got more stories to tell, but I definitely see her in the AEW Women's Championship picture again. I had picked her to win this because of her uh, going over in the Battle Royal, you know, so fresh. I was like, well, if if they're going to have her come in as, as the Joker and she's going to win the match, she's going to get the title shot, maybe we just steamroll her into this uh, dominant position and then let everyone come at her. Uh, but, you know, that's that's cool. You know, yeah, um, I agree with you. There's a lot more stories to tell with Ruby Soho. Yeah, um, moving on to Rampage, uh, CM Punk versus uh, Powerhouse Hobbs. We both picked Punk to win. Um, Punk won clean. I did choose via DQ, but we're gonna call that a wash. We'll call that that's that's even. Yeah, Still so a, a win is a win is a win. So that puts us up to four four. Uh, Super Click versus Jurassic Express. This was a really good match. Uh, Brian, you got this one right? You know, I'm almost willing to give you a half a point on this one just because it was such a good match. (laughs) I don't take charity. Who do you think I am? Who do you think I am, Chris Chaos, for charity for jobs? Enforce true. Get yours today. It'll make you H-A-R-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-
And and Evan and I, like as we're recording this, we don't know. But there are rumors, there are a lot of rumors tonight that Bray Wyatt is in the building. Yeah, I mean, my gut tells me he's not. Uh, I haven't watched the show at all. Uh, to me, it just it seems a little soon. Uh, there's rumors that he could forego his no-compete clause if he chooses to not be paid by the WWE. Uh, they've never really done that before, and I don't see that happening now. Uh, his, I believe it's the end of October when his 90 days is up. I think that's when we'll see him appear in AEW. Uh, there is some exciting news, though, before we get into the Rochester card. Um, the Brody Lee documentary. Uh, they're going to go through his time in the Indies, his time in WWE, and ultimately uh, as part of AEW before his passing. Um, to me, it just it's a great way to honor a great person. Um, I had the pleasure of working a couple indie events as the commentator for him in his matches. So I've got the pleasure to see him work before in person. And for a big man, I've never seen a big man move that quickly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, absolute pleasure behind the scenes and you know I'm really happy that AEW is really like taking care of his legacy taking care of his family you know the way they handled you know his illness actually bought them a lot of goodwill and you know how they handled it and I for one can't wait to watch the documentary um, I don't know how you feel about it Brian I it was really sad just to Brody Lee. And I think, you know, we've talked about this before. Brody Lee was one of those guys who, to me, um, he, man, he should have been a main event guy when he was in WWE. And, and I, I'm, I'm a hundred percent serious about that. And if, and, and it showed when he came to AEW and I felt like he finally had coming to his um, own. Yeah, he had a place, an outlet to really, to really uh, spread his wings. You know, they let him and, talk. <laughs> well, not just talk, but like take on uh, a character, be front and center, as opposed. And I really think that was the the biggest thing when he was in WWE. You know, Luke Harper was always a member of the Wyatt family, or he was a bludgeon brother, and he was always associated with with Eric Rowan when when Brody Lee comes into AEW he's now the leader of the dark order people are looking to him he's front and center and I think the, I, I'm glad he got at least that experience yeah that that's that's with his WWE run it always seemed like he was the always the bridesmaid never the bride but when he came to AEW he was the bride you know he was the main man and you know his First mat, one of his first matches, he dog walked Cody Rhodes. Literally, I was just thinking that. Yeah, and um, that was that was a lot of fun to watch, and, and take the belt just like boom. Yeah, uh, I miss him. I do too. Uh, I'm looking forward to to watching Dynamite and seeing how they honor him. Um, we have the Dynamite card in front of us. We've got Taya Conti and Anna Jay versus the Bunny and Penelope Ford. Um, I think. Taya Conti and Anna Jay are going to get the W here. That's just me. No, I'm 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 going to keep I'm going to keep my chips on the table on this one. We're going forward for <laughs> another match in a row. I uh, I mean it's possible. Uh, I'm glad they're. Lie, cheat, steal to win. I don't care. Let's get those Ws. <laughs> uh, then we've got Dante Martin and Matt Seidel versus Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson. 
with Arn Anderson. Uh, I mean, I don't see how Malachi Black doesn't factor into this, but I still think Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson pick up the win. Um, I, at this point, after that fan reaction, I think now you have to pull the trigger on a Cody Rhodes heel turn. And uh, if you will, Brian, I have the basic, simple way they could do it. All right, hit me, man. What do you got? So, uh, at full gear, you could have Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black in a stipulation match. Malachi Black goes over clean as a whistle. No shenanigans, no mist. Clean as a whistle. And then we have, after the match, Cody Rhodes snaps, attacks Arn Anderson... And I mean brutally attacks Arn Anderson. And we see megalomaniacal dashing Cody Rhodes kind of stuff. I mean, I do miss dashing Cody Rhodes. I mean, well, as soon as you say that, you're, you're like, ooh. Here's, I'm, the beautiful, here's the beautiful part. You remember that stipulation he had where if he lost to Chris Jericho, he could not be the world champion? As a, yeah. he, as a heel, he doesn't have to play by the rules. You could book him as a top-level heel so he could make bigger baby paces. Imagine having Darby Allen go back after Cody Rhodes. Darby beat him for the TNT Championship. You tell a good story there. CM Punk versus Cody Rhodes. Like, there's a lot of, lot of wiggle room there. I don't think you need to even put the title on Cody Rhodes, really. Yeah, I mean, I think, you don't, you don't I have Kenny to. Kenny Omega is, is doing a wonderful job as the champ, and there's so many... I mean, yeah. just between Daniel Bryan, uh, uh, CM Punk, potentially Adam Cole, like that right there is enough to last you for yeah the I'm, rest of the year. I'm it? saying that this is long term story booking. I'm not saying like put it put the belt on it tomorrow. I'm saying like give it a year, give it a year and a half, like build to that. I, I I think it could be a fun story where uh, see if I was if I was gonna do it I think I would have it go further I think I would have at least you know in, in storyline I would have Cody take AEW away from Tony Khan that could work uh, you know could be an interesting right. dynamic uh, it's one of those things where time will tell. Uh, next. Well, let's the uh, let's the boss be the baby face, and at least that's a dynamic that we haven't yeah haven't had and haven't seen in a long, long time. Exactly. Uh, next up, we have Jungle Boy versus Adam Cole. Uh, this is something I'm looking forward to. We've talked about it, you know, a couple times last week and the week before. And who'd you, you know, pick? I'm gonna go with Adam Cole. I think they're gonna keep him looking strong. I do think Jungle Boy needs to pick up a W at some point, even if it's on AEW Dark or Elevation, because he's got to be credible. To make, you know, he's part of Jurassic Express. If they keep losing all the time, eventually, there's what's the point? See, I'm gonna actually pick. It's kind of crazy, but I'm actually gonna pick Jungle Boy on this one because I could see this being a early, just a or, you know, it's kind of a starter feud for Cole. Let Cole go over in the feud, get get two more win, you know, get get his win back later. But I think you can let Jungle Boy get the win and then get 
just the shit beat out of them by the Bucks. I can be, I, I can see that, and I, I mean, AOK is a fan if that happens. Um, and then finally in the main event, we have Miro for the AEW TNT Championship versus Sammy Guevara, the Spanish God. Um, God, this is gonna be such a good match. It's gonna be a really good match. I picking Miro simply because he is undefeated. As you know, with the championship, um, I also think that they could let the story breathe a little more. I'm a okay if if Sammy picks up the title. I think that they could drag it out a little bit more and have it mean a little more. I'm right there with you, uh, Miro. Miro's exactly where I want him to be. You know, when it was when it, when it was Rusev, it was. It was so hard because you, like, you kept wanting to see him get to exactly where he's at right now, and I am, I am perfectly fine with him staying there and and winning tonight. Yeah, it, the belt. it's yeah. To me, it's just it's good. Um, and now we're gonna have a word from our sponsors. Have you had a chance to go to your local grocery store and pick up your Whiskers brand toilet paper? The top of the line, 20% better, 20% more on your roll, guaranteed to wipe your ass cleaner than Chris Chaos's head. Get your Whiskers brand toilet paper today at all fine retailers and make sure that you don't just wipe your ass, you wipe your whiskers. All right, moving on to eFed news. Uh, PCW Scrapyard is... uh, Tomorrow night or Saturday. I have to look at my dates. It's been a long week. Uh, we have in the main event, I'm facing Chris Chaos in this non title steel cage match. Chris wins. He gets to face me for my title at the Halloween special. Man, things things have not been going real great for you there. We keep we keep talking about this every week. And every week Chris is just getting closer and closer. That belt of yours, buddy. I, I don't know, man. I don't. You, you had a. I'm just saying. A couple weeks ago, when we talked about this, you had a lot more gusto in your voice. You, you, you sounded a lot more confident. Oh, I'm still than, confident. Uh, who, who are you trying to convince here, me or you? I don't need to convince anybody. I don't care about anybody. <laughs> Uh, no, in all seriousness, Chris has been putting in a ton of work. He beat the butcher. Uh, he beat the hangman. I'm I'm a god of my word, so Chris shall get his match. I'm sorry, I kind of misled him a little bit. I made him made him think it would be a title match. I mean, I've always been smarter than Chris, and this just proved it. And trust me, I've got a few more tricks for him. Well, you know, I I, I will grant you that when it comes to cunning. You know, you've always had it a little bit over Chris, but when you get in the ring with him, you're going to have to deal with the brute strength that he brings to the table. And I, for one, am going to be sitting there with a big bag of popcorn and enjoying the show. I hope you do. Uh, make sure you tune in. But that's not the only match. Uh, we have a TV no, ti- no uh, we have a TV title match. Featuring the television champion Scotty Lionheart taking on Chris Miller, a new up and comer who's been challenging Scotty for a little while. Uh, they've been telling a really good story. Uh, we have a familiar face in John Riggins challenging the United States champion David Blake Buchanan. 
Um, Man, I like Riggins. Can I just can I just express how how much I've been impressed with him? With like uh, back in HKW, I, I followed him through Fed after Fed after Fed, and I just I like his work. I mean, I can't fault you for that. I I think Riggins is a good worker uh, when he's motivated. The problem is when he's motivated. I think Riggins needs to to show up. I need he needs to be angry. He needs to get violent. He needs to go to that dark place, especially to beat somebody like David Blake Buchanan. Uh, Blake Buchanan definitely one of the uh, more dangerous and powerful individuals in the E-Fed scene. I'm not gonna not gonna deny that. I have been in the ring with Blake. I have been tossed off the top of a cell. Electrocuted. If you want me. To- if you want me to answer the question, which one hurt more, you or Blake? I'm just going to tell you right now. Sorry, buddy. He threw me a little bit farther, a little bit harder. He's got a little bit more oomph. Yeah, so I mean, I'm, technically, he ended your career for a little bit there. For for a little bit there, yeah. Uh, you Moving know. right along. <laughs> uh, we have a tag. And then finally, uh, there's also some other matches on the card, but wanted to highlight the tag team title match between the High Inquisitors Execution. Hangman and the Butcher versus the Thunderbolts. Now, I'm not sure if there's a copyright thing involved here, but I feel like the Thunderbolts might be a Marvel team. Am I wrong? Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say no comment on this one. Uh, other than uh, good luck to the Thunderbolts. Uh, <laughs> Hangman and the Butcher to... Um, is, Two guys who know each other really well, and I think that's always the key with a, a good tag team is is you got to know your your partner's strengths, you got to know your partner's weaknesses. These are two guys who have held tag gold on numerous occasions. Uh, as much as I would like to think that the, uh, the Thunderbolts pull this one out, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say I think that the uh, execution of the butcher gonna, yeah gonna I'm, I'm backing my guys you know i gotta back my guys they're they're my inquisitors they question people no one inspects this high inquisition uh moving on to <laughs> pwr a little money python humor for those of you old enough to know <laughs> uh pwr uh this last week i had an opportunity at the apex championship now some things got a little out of hand and my opponent had a bee hanging around his head. My my partners tried to get the bee off of him. We all tried to get the bee off of him. And unfortunately, it led to some excessive violence. Um, then a jabron named Pat Legend, a man who I actually gave some respect to, got involved in my business. And I, for one, I'm not a, you know me, I'm, I'm an eye for an eye kind of guy. I'm not a sit back and let you walk all over me. I'm an eye for an eye kind of guy. So he put himself in my business. Oliver Titan and I decided to go out and get involved in his. Made him lose one of the few matches he's lost as Power Surge Champion. And then I challenged him for that title. If you're going to get involved in my business, there are consequences. Oh. You're just, you're just not having the best luck this week, are you? Uh, I, I am not. If we're being honest, I am not. And 
You know, I, I can't control what these idiots, these smooth brain morons do. You know, if they would just stay in their own lanes, life would be simpler for them and for me. I wouldn't have to get my hands dirty. You know, it's really too bad that everybody else is is holding you down, Evan. Oh, no, no, no. They're not holding me down. I have to slow myself down to understand them 90% of the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on. No, in all seriousness, uh, Pat's a legend in the game. No pun intended on his name. Uh, I'm excited at the opportunity to work with him. Um, it, this week, I faced Screws, a guy who I've never faced before and don't actually know anything about. This has been kind of a an odd week. Um, the only thing I'm going to say is, Screws, you're screwed this week. And I'm going to leave it at that. Huh. Huh. He's got puns. Puns for days. Puns. Call me Big Pun. No. Um, I'm going to do that. But also, uh, first class, uh, the other members, Cutthroat Crew, uh, Casey Riddle and Austin Kruger in action. Uh, we've got, you know, they're the tag team champs for a reason. They're two of the most exciting promo artists I've seen in a long time. <laughs> we've got Joe Omega, the Alpha Predator, versus Team Money uh, at Primitive Instinct. Uh, they're two legends going toe-to-toe. It's an exciting draw to the card. Uh, and then uh, something that I'm interested to see, we've got Tony Baloney, the ultimate antagonist, versus Big Nobody, the PWR World Champion. Now, that that's gonna be that's gonna be a hell of a match right there. That's gonna be a hell of a match. I, the the biggest question is, can Big Nobody handle that much baloney? It depends. Those it are... really depends on on how much mayo and how many slices of bread he's got. Like you can only put so much baloney. I don't think he uses bread. I, I think it's just a giant That's... loaf of bologna. Huh. You gotta well, watch I'm him. I'm just gonna have to watch the match and find yeah, out what I mean, happens. He electrocuted a gal last week. A little excessive. A, a little. I mean, I, I I beat her in a strap match and kind of you know carried her on my back across the ring as I touched all four posts. She's not had a really good match. Electric- no, did I, you electrocute her? No, I didn't electrocute her. But I'm saying even I don't I think I would go that far. Okay, so what you're saying is you're a gentleman. I like you, to you think... You didn't I, electrocute her. You, you, you took her for a nice trip around the ring. You know, got made sure she saw all the sights. I, I showed her a whole new world. All four ring posts. Oh, easy there, Aladdin. Uh, yeah, no, it's exciting. Um, lots of legends throwing it down. Uh, lots of up-and-comers throwing it down in PWR. Uh, make sure to tune in Saturday night for the recap. Uh, I, you know, it's a fantastic company. It's the some of the most fun I've had in a long time. Uh, props to Scott Mack for running a tight ship. Uh, and I'm excited. It's a good locker room. So, that's you know, I, I'm going to put over every single person in the company Verbally, as best I can, you guys are doing a hell of a good job. Keep up the good work with promos, um, and you've got me excited for literally every match. Alrighty. <laughs> OWA, Outlaw Wrestling Association. We've got the pay-per-view coming up this Saturday uh, at high noon is what it's called. 
Uh, we've got familiar faces. Our buddy Chris Chaos. I mean, he's the scourge of my world right now in PCW. But uh, you know, outside of it, I, I kind of root for him. You know, we have a long history. I did train him to beat you, Brian. <laughs> anywhere, anywhere that you're not at, you can you can cheer for him. Yeah, I, I feel like I can at this point. We've known each other long enough. Um, okay. He's taking on the Advocate in a steel cage match. God, he's not having a good week either. Two steel cage matches. That's Two rough. steel cage matches, that's twice the opportunity for him to get really, really banged up. I mean, a steel cage is not a friendly environment. It it really, really limits you in your mobility, and then it hurts. Yeah. That, like, it, it hurts. I'm glad I'm in one. He's in two. He's a masochist at this point, you know. Uh you know, moving on, we have an eye for an eye match. Now, this is something that's, you know, I just started peeping out OWA uh, ran by Justin Barr over the last couple weeks, and it's, you know, I'm not normally big on the oh, eye for an eye stuff, especially after WWE kind of like ruined it a little bit. But we've got Justin Steed versus KTS. I don't know much about both men, uh, other than Justin Steed has popped up in a few other places before. He's an. Uh, another outlaw guy. Um, you know, he, he puts in a lot of work. I've seen his promos. He does some good work. Uh, it's uh, interesting to see how they pull this off. Uh, I don't. I, I think one of them is taking a pirate gimmick after this match. Yar! Eye patch. Yar! No? That, that's not what we're doing? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and then we've got <laughs> Lord, Lord Rajak. I know that guy. That's Ralphus. Ralphus? Yeah, Ralphus. The Ralphus? The Ralphus. It's got me excited. Uh, Versus Crazy Bish. Uh, This is going to be something to to watch. Uh, I've watched these two go back and forth all over the last week and a half. Uh, Yeah, uh, something to behold. Uh, As much as I've enjoyed clowning Lord Rajax because he stepped to me in another company. Uh, The dude's talented. I can't deny that. Uh, Crazy Bish is totally talented, too. Um... Guaranteed to be a barn burner, either way. Uh, we've got Ruby Knight, um, one of my favorite opponents from the MDC when I was there, taking on Diamondback DMB. Uh, the winner's guaranteed a world title shot match. Um, the only one I'm going to actually make a prediction on here, I think Ruby Knight's going to win. Uh, just too much momentum. Ruby Knight's one of the most over people in, in the game today. Uh, I've had the pleasure of working a match with uh, him before. Uh, I came out victorious, but it, I was proud to shake his hand after that. A rare show of sportsmanship from the wrestling god. How do you hey, like hey, that? hey, hey, hey. Let's not get into sportsmanship, Mr. Cash is in a briefcase on himself. It, you know what? It was smart, and then... I, I stand by that decision. I'm not denying it was um, smart. I'm actually jealous that you did it. And, of course, if you have an EFED out there that you would like us to talk about here on Standard of Greatness podcast, get at us. We love checking out every single EFED that, that you brought to us, and we would like to get more eyes on you. So let us know what you are up to out there in the EFED world. Yeah, uh, definitely. And feel free to message Brian or myself uh, if you want us to come watch your product 
Or if you want us to watch your promos, just be like, hey, I'm in this place, you're in this place, and send us a link or send us a video. Uh, we will get to it eventually. Uh, both of us have fairly busy lives, but we, we definitely will make an effort to make sure that you were featured and talked about. Um, that said, uh, we're not doing our normal topics of the week like we normally would. We decided. No, to, no, no. We decided. No, to do, I'm, I'm excited for this. I this, am too. This is exciting. Uh, yeah, uh, we were doing an "Ask Us Anything" segment this week. Uh, we selected four questions, uh, one from each person. Um, well, I, I guess I'll I'll start us off. Uh, Daniel Roberts, that fucking Mark, asked us, "Do you think the EFED community as a whole is thriving, or do you think it's?" already in on the decline. Uh, he also asked a secondary question. We kind of tacked it in because it kind of, these questions kind of go hand in hand. What shows are putting out good work in your, our honest opinions? Um, my opinion on the EFED community as a whole, um, as a whole, promo leagues are on the rise. Uh, Storyline recap feds are on the rise. Video feds are on a huge decline. Um, the quality of products out there for the video feds has dramatically dropped, not just since when HKW closed, but when NEW closed and several other huge players in the game closed and or shifted ownership. Um, you know, there's been some people stepping up. Uh, Three Dubs kind of stepped up in some of that role to fill the gap. Uh, PCW, a uh, place that, you know, is owned by Daniel Roberts, uh, has stepped up to... Uh, Fill in the gap. We we do see NEW coming up in the uh, in the spring with a new 2K22. Um, they're they're high quality production, so there's definitely potential. But uh, yeah, it's overall. I, I think the EFED community kind of is in a decline. We've seen kind of waves of talent leaving. Um, Honestly, I uh, even before like. Um new had closed i had already even before hkw had closed to be honest i had already started to see a decline in uh in overall video feds um in terms of uh the willingness people were uh willing to put forth on on long-term stories that you know that seemed to be getting um more popular yeah and uh, it was hard for people to put in the time commitment, I think. And so that started to make it a little bit more difficult. I think it got a little bit more competitive uh, for those top spots. Uh, whether, you know, it doesn't really matter what Fed you're in. You can talk about 3 dub, you can talk about you can talk HKW. Yeah, um, I just want to qualify. Uh, when we say video feds, we mean 2K feds. Uh, there are video yeah. video recap feds. Those are those are different. Uh, we're specifically talking about 2K feds kind of being on the decline. I know there's some highlight reel shows out there. There's some Facebook Live ones uh, that I've kind of tuned into. But um, as a whole, high-level production is kind of in the decline. Uh, I think there's kind of a, a talent. I don't want to say oversaturation in some companies, but... I think some people are stretched too thin and are in too many companies. Uh, I think instead of being in 10 companies, trim it down to a couple and try working and honing your craft. Um, There are shows out there that are are putting in good work. We're not saying they aren't, but, you know, to me, if you're going to draw me in as your audience, you have to give me a reason. 
but I, yeah, if, if I don't have a reason why, and right now, I think there's also the aspect of, um, I don't see a lot of promotion being done from various feds, you know, like I'm not seeing your posters guys. Marketing isn't, there's no marketing. Yeah. There's no marketing. Uh, Share your shit. So, yeah, the more the more you put it out there and get it in my face, the more I can see it. So well, yeah, and move beyond just two K groups. Move beyond just you know EFED groups in general. Like share it to wrestling groups. That's how HKW was able to garner. You know, when we did Facebook Live like shows, we were garnering. You know, some of our shows are getting two thousand views a week. Mm-hmm. Like tap into that resource. It's out there, man. Absolutely. Already, uh. Brian, since this next question is specifically addressed to you, uh, I will let you take it away. All right. I, I, this is this is Hayden's question. Hayden wanted to know uh, what advice I had for starting an EFED. And I, uh, I'll i be honest, I, I, I didn't know exactly what you meant, Hayden. I didn't know if you meant like the starting storylines or the work that goes in to uh, a FED before you start, that's kind of where I'm going to address it because that's where I think you're you're trying to go with this question. Um, so the first thing that I really think that you need to know uh, if you if you're going to be running your own eFed is really how much of a time commitment it really is to run an eFed. You need to be prepared for that. You need to understand that a lot of time. A lot of time is going to be uh, committed to that. And the more you uh, want to bring up your production values, the more time it's going to be on top of that. Um, Beyond that, it really depends on what what kind of Fed you want to run, whether it's a story Fed, a a recap Fed, a a 2K kind of E-Fed. If you're going to be doing, uh, and I'm just talking about two, two K feds here because that was what HKW was. Um, invest, invest some some money in uh, in a capture card. Make sure that you can get a, a good quality recording of of the product. And um, I would also say get get some video editing equipment or uh, a video editing program and, and familiarize yourself with it. You know, it. you don't have to do a lot of splicing and and anything, but the, again, the more you put into it, the more you're going to get out of it. And that that's just going to be the way it is with really anything in life. The more you put in, the more you get out. Um, do you want to add anything here, Evan? Uh, yeah, I mean, specifically for starting off with an EFED, uh, I think it's really important to kind of know what you're doing in terms of like, do you have specific people you're building around? Do you have talent that you want to start your company around? Identifying that is a, a huge step. Uh, making sure that they're going to be active is another. Don't try to go too big too quickly. I think that's a really huge mistake that new eFeds make. I think they, yeah. they they try to just draw in as many people as possible to their roster Start small, work your way out. That's what we did in HKW. It was rather successful in my opinion. Um, and then when you bring new talent in, do it in waves. Stagger it out a yeah. little bit. Don't just, you know, like we talked about in our debuts, 
question a few weeks ago. Um, don't make your talent wait too long because E-Feds, not just 2K Feds, E-Feds move kind of at the speed of two times normal wrestling. About almost three. Yeah. It's information just kind of floats. And if you leave people hanging for too long, they're going to get mad. They're going to think you're, you're dodging them or, you know, you, that they're not good enough. And it leads to a lot of hurt feelings and it's just drama you don't want. Moving on to our next question from Julian Watkins. We have, who would have been your dream EFED Elite members to join us guys? Uh, that gave us Ooh, some, some, some tough choices. Um, I know one in particular that I would have loved to have seen. Um, uh, Hollywood Watkins. Uh, you know, I was a, Huge Hollywood Watkins mark. I think he would have looked good repping the EE. Um, you know, for me, Watkins is one of the most talented individuals in the game today. Uh, I think a lot of people are sleeping on him, and I think that he's got tons of stories to tell. Um, this one was a really hard question for me because... You know, like, you and I, we were the originals. Yeah, we were the base team, the founders. Um, So, over the years, you know, Andre Splinter, uh, Michael James, Jeremy King Chaos, Whip Dog Johnson, uh, um, Jack Lee, Chris Chaos, Daniel Roberts, Dragon Queen, Cameron Logan Lionheart. There have been so many names that have come through this club yeah even aaron air bronson and ricky armstrong were members like that's right i mean it's starting to feel like the nwo (laughs) yeah we we at least knew when to pull the plug that's true um (laughs) but and and part of what makes it hard is the efed elite as a group we uh i felt like it changed based on what the needs of uh, the show really were a lot of times. And so I guess, you know, if I had to pick one guy um, that I would have kind of liked to have seen go, you know, what, what it could have been like for him to be Eve Eddie Lee, it, it probably would have been Rob Roman. Um, just because... He's a fantastic uh, promo artist. Um, one of my absolute favorite promo artists, to be honest. And um, a very creative guy. And, and I just, I think there could have been a lot of interesting collaborations there. Could have, He's somebody who I think could have brought something to the group that it didn't already have. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Um, that being said, you know, both of those choices, both Rob Roman and Hollywood Watkins, both members of, uh, world's most wanted, uh, a very successful, uh, stable in their own right. And, um, you know, I also don't think that the EFED elite would have become what we became in the end without them, um, becoming who they were in the end. And so, uh, you know, it, it's kind of that weird thing. Like, I'm, I'm kind of glad that 
that they did their own thing and they were able to do their own thing. So it's it's that weird thing of I don't know. Yeah, no, but it, I guess Rob would probably be my answer. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, is for me, like the initial Eve Elite, honestly, the first four felt like the weakest incarnation. No offense to Andre oh, yeah. and and Mike, that's just there. There are levels to this, and if you can't show up to do your job. You're, you're not going to get the prestige of being elite. You know, I was always amazed by that because Robin Splinter showed up to work every night at that strip club. Yeah, I know. Like, she paid for the saddest, saddest girls to get a new job. They're starting to look happy now. They're starting to look happy. So sad. Better give Chris some enforced you. She's on the prowl. <laughs> uh then there, you know uh Ricky Armstrong joined uh you know Ricky is a legend in the 2K game he's not really well known in you know the other feds um he is a hall of famer um you know talented in his own right sometimes his own worst enemy uh he created some unfortunate public relations incidences for us during his initial run uh he did make those right I can commend him for that. Um, we're just speaking honestly here. We're not gonna. We're not attempting to bury anybody. I like. I like Enrique. I've always enjoyed working with him. Uh, but you know, Ricky's talent. It's just it's one of those things where you know he did, he did mess up. He made it right. Really, that's all you can do. I mean, we're we're all gonna make mistakes in this world, and uh, you know, props to him for. Uh, uh, recognizing his part and and trying to make it right, you know. Yeah, uh, you know the you know Whip Dog joining uh, King Chaos slash Killswitch Chaos. Uh, you know Whip Dog. I was honored to be his partner. Uh, you know he he's a draw. He's a indie wrestling legend. Uh, retired now. Uh, I enjoy his social media posts more than probably almost anybody. <laughs> Hilarious. The incarnation, that incarnation, that time period for the Ethel Elite, I felt was kind of the, the party time. It was, a, it was a really jovial, it was a good time. Yeah. Um, you know, then we, uh, you know, we brought on Chris Chaos. It was more the three of us um, yeah. at that point. Yeah. And, our... and that, you know, uh, uh, a big heel turn, probably my favorite heel turn that was uh, that I've ever got to do. Yeah, that was personally one of my favorite ones I ever got to do. Uh, my favorite one I ever got to see on screen was actually the Mr. Rider Die. As much as I shit on Chris Chaos, he's actually uh, one of our sponsors for the podcast. I want to give Chris Chris huge shout out. We love you, bro. Um, yeah, uh, things would not be going for... Uh, would not be going as easy for us with uh, the Standards of Greatness podcast if it wasn't for Chris Chaos. So thank you, Chris. Yeah. And if if, if uh, any of you are out there, you get a chance. Toss thank, him a thank you too. Yeah, toss him a thank you. Uh, you know that I would say that that's kind of the party like Degeneration X era is what I would call that of the Ethel yeah. Lee. And then you know once the heel turn happened. Uh, I'm not going to get into the, the particulars in politics of why that was necessary, just because that's a touchy subject for some. Um, but it facilitated a need within the show. 
I, I really remember Daniel Roberts saying to me right before that heel turn that he couldn't imagine any of us being anything but baby faces. And then I remember like his three months after that heel turn him saying, I can't imagine you being anything but heels. And that to me uh, really made it a success. Well, I, um, I think each of us doing that initial promo afterwards, because we didn't do a joint one like we did when we first came out. And when I say nuclear heat, the EFAT Elite, when we first hit the scene with Andre and Mike, the name alone got us nuclear heat. Oh, man. We were we were heels in feds that we didn't even know existed. <laughs> like, the moment we chose the name, we people were shitting on us left and right. And I'm not going to name names. You know who you are. But uh, check the Hall of Fame rings, bitches. Woo! Woo! I guess I, I shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't do that anymore. Uh, no. You know what? We're fans. We're taking woo! it back. Yeah, there we go. The Sting style. Yeah. No, in all okay. seriousness, yeah, we got a lot of nuclear heat there. And, you know, uh, what's funny is is when we did become heels, you know, we got even more positive reactions out of that. Uh, you know, we had Michael Miner join us. Uh, you know, turn that kid he into a... betrayed us. Yeah, what a he dick. betrayed us. What a dick. What a dick. What a dick. What a heel. God, no wonder he's the weekend of the enforced you had. Uh, yeah, and then the, the final incarnation when we brought it back after he lost that I quit match to Cameron Logan Lionhunter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I gotta ask you, what were you thinking accepting that, buddy? The the I quit match? Yeah. Well, I was thinking, I mean, Jesus you can't, you can't get down on me for this. Look at the history. This is a guy who had literally never, never beaten me. Yeah, but I had I'd beaten him for I'd beaten him for titles. I'd beaten him in cages. I'd beaten him in a ladder match. I'd I'd made him say I quit. I made Cameron my bitch for years and years and years. Why would I think that would have been any different? It was just another night for me. It was, and you know. You know, I'll, but I'll give the devil his due, okay? He kicks hard. He punted me in the head. You do have concussion issues. To, like, yeah, I mean, I mean, what? It was, it was either that or probably severe concussion. So, you know, <laughs> um, the EFED elite, yes, it was on the line. And you know what? I... I'm not even. I don't. I don't, reg- I don't regret saying I quit because I saved myself a lot of brain cells. I mean that's there. fair. I, I often will do that if I see a promo I don't like. I'll just keep scrolling, save myself some brain yeah. cells. I don't blame you for risking it because statistically speaking, you should have won. Uh, that, that's on you. Uh, you killed a merch empire. Uh, thanks for making me, uh, uh, you know, a lot of money. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Yeah. That, that was a, it was a good match. That was one of my favorite matches of that Digital Revolution. Uh, and then having uh, Daniel Roberts and Cameron and Dragon Queen join as the final members of the EFED Elite to kind of cement a new era. Um, we've been asked by companies to bring it back. It's not going to happen, guys. Brian's retired. Uh, Sorry, guys. Um, you, know, you know, the thing about the, the thing about the EFED Elite for anyone who wants. 
who is, you know, asked for us to come back and do it. Thing is, is it would never be the same. When, when something like this ends, you, you kind of get, just gotta let it ride into the sunset. Remember the memories. Uh, and if we, if we were to bring it back, it would honestly, it would just sully it a little bit. Um, and it, really when it comes down to it, I can only, there is only one story that I can think of that I would even contemplate telling. And since I know there's no promoter out there that knows what that story is and I'm not going to tell, it ain't going to happen. Yeah, that's that's one of those things where I'm also not confident that there are any promoters out there that, that could do the job to actually satisfaction. No offense to any of you guys. You know, the Eve Elite, all these other groups, they're... People never seem to understand the concept of putting each other over. We never had that problem. We were fine coming into places, being the bad guys, beating the shit out of you, and then putting your people over to make them stars. Far too often in this game, and you know who the fuck you are, you need to pull your head out your ass, stop thinking you're my gift to wrestling, and realize... You you need to make people in order to say you're somebody. And that's something I think Brian can agree with me on. We made a lot of people. Everybody from, you know, I, I know they're, they're, they might not like it. World's Most Wanted debuted in HKW off of the E-Fed Elite and the Void arc. That's their history. That's their lineage. That's where it's coming from. My match with Chris, that, them beating our asses made them who they were. They took it to a whole nother level. They added their new members and did their own thing. Um, you know, there were several other groups that we've feuded with and stars we feuded with in other companies. Yeah, you know, um, when it when it comes to them, I, I think it is important to clarify. Like, yeah, they did get their start in HKW. I'm not going to deny that. I, I just think it's important to also recognize they. They did their own thing. In, in terms of the time they were, they've been a stable and they've been a group uh, and they've been around. Uh, a very small portion of that was in HKW, and they've done a lot since then. That I think is a lot more notable. Yeah, no, no. I wasn't trying to take anything. It's kind of like think of it like a plant. You know, their beginnings in HKW are the roots. But what they've done since then has surpassed that and eclipsed that. And I'm honestly proud of each and every member in World's Most Wanted having that connection. And I do know most of them on a personal level. I talk with some of them from time to time. Uh, they're all relatively great guys, you know. I know there's heat with certain people with certain people. Uh, but on, on a, a genuine note... Well, that's a, you know, I, and, then, and I know you what you know about... I know what you're talking about there, and I know they know what you're talking about there, so I'm just going to go ahead and clear this air a little bit. I'm over it. I don't know what you guys are doing, but guys, you guys are, you guys all have some talent. I never, I never denied that. I'll say that out front. You guys are all a really talented group of guys. I'm proud of what you were able to accomplish, what you're still accomplishing out there, and, you know, good luck. Keep rocking it, Yeah. and uh, we're going to keep enjoying yeah, I mean, I'm in, you know, I talk with Rob a lot. I talk with a few of the other guys. I see their promo work, and keep up the good work, guys. We're super proud to to know you and to to say we had a a part in, you know, 
seeing your formation and seeing where you began and seeing where, where you've taken where you've taken your your idea to a whole other level and we're proud of you happy to be a part of your story guys exactly uh and our final question um from eric pitcher how much longer do you think it will be until wwe hits the panic button uh we have the same answer here it was a, about two weeks ago about two weeks ago. <laughs> um, I mean, if you couldn't figure out that some of these um, moves, that, I mean, specifically, look at Bobby Lashley versus um, Big E this week opening up, opening up Raw. That is a direct response to the opener of, of being Kenny Omega versus Daniel or Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. It's it's. WWE's booking on a back foot right now. Plain and simple. They're booking from the back foot. They, they're they making, I don't want to say rash decisions, but not very well thought out decisions when it comes to certain things. You know, Bobby Lashley and Biggie stops working. That's great. Roman Reigns, you know, the Demon, John Cena, all that stuff. That's good stuff. But what are you doing that's different? that sets you apart from AEW, that excites the crowd. And honestly, not a goddamn thing. I really almost feel like WWE has, like, two groups going on in the writer's room right now. And it's, you know, it's one group that's that's sitting there calmly going, okay, this is what we need to do. Like, this is... And then there's another group that's just running around like the world is on fire just trying to throw water at anything and <laughs> these um these two groups are constantly in conflict with each other you need to calm down the long-term booking the uh you know working these the shameless stuff you know you, I'm not real happy with Seamus being in this like mid card level. I think he's a little bit better than that personally, but uh, same thing with Jeff Hardy, but at least you're trying to, de- you know, I can see trying to develop a little bit of a, a mid card United States championship level there. You need to really develop that. that. That's where you need your core. That's what you need to be the strongest is in that upper mid card area so that you can draw on any of those talents right away. That's where I think AEW really has it right now. Yeah, like their main event's and good, but like their, their mid card just carries them. Like it's just banger after banger after banger. Whereas WWE, there's the constant like script day of ripping up and stuff like that and like mm-hmm. the catering to one man's opinion, like you're sacrificing well, so much in the short term, so much of your long term potential for short term gain, and it's not going to end well. How how is anyone supposed to get behind a a wrestler when their gimmick, their name, their is is changing weekly? When I mean, Keith Lee is a is, is a great example here. Bearcat, uh, you know. Super over, and now we're going to give him a new nickname. Alexa Bliss, super over, so let's give her somebody else's gimmick. I mean, shit, man. 
E six three. All you had to do was give him a mic. <laughs> That's all you had to do. Yeah, it's one of them things where I I just I, I'm not confident in their booking capability these days. I just I have zero faith in Bruce Pritchard, and I don't understand how he still has a job. Like they fired Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman so quickly from those roles, but yes, yet Bruce Pritchard hasn't made. Like all I'm saying is Triple H, get well soon, please, come back. Save us, Triple H, one. You're our only hope. <laughs> Um, moving on, uh, our question of the week from last week. We asked you, um, who should have replaced Ric Flair in the montage for the WWE opening credits? Uh, there were quite a few answers. Uh, the one that shocked me the most was somebody said Brooklyn Brawler. You know, that's an interesting, an interesting answer, but I actually can understand it. The Brawler's been, uh, the Brawler's been a reliable jobber for generations now. Yep. I mean, definitely a staple of yeah. WWE. Yeah, um, Junkyard Dog, Iron Sheik, Mae Young, uh, Dusty Rhodes, Lita, Trish Stratus were all mentioned uh, as options. Uh, we gave ours last week. Um, I know there's some people we talked about that we know WWE can't use the rights to, like King Kong Bundy, uh, Big Van Vader, Um I would like to see some, like, Psycho Sid. Um, so, you know, you, you there's a lot of... Yokozuna. Like, there's a lot of rich history in the WWE. Don't limit yourself. I mean, you guys can use whoever you want. It's your, your stuff, but... Don't, don't limit yourself. All I really right. liked that, uh, the Junkyard Dog. Answer. I, I've, I was always a Junkyard Dog fan. I love yeah, Junkyard Dog. Yeah, junk, Junkyard Dog's great. I liked the Iron Sheik answer. Uh, I know he is not in good standing with the WWE from what I've heard, so I don't think that will happen. Uh, Dusty Rhodes is interesting. I think that'd be kind of an interesting, like... An interesting one, but due to his family lineage over on AEW now, I, I don't see, see that happening, really. Yeah. Alrighty, uh, this week's question of the week. Uh, Brian and I decided in the honor of uh, worst possible things because, well, God's always been a heel and that unextreme rules main event ending was trash. What is the worst angle or match ever booked? Um, we wanted a real challenge, so we don't. We said no to Vince Russo stuff. Uh, Brian, go ahead and uh, and if you're gonna if you're gonna give us an answer, I want you to try and challenge yourself because Vince Russo booking is just way too easy, guys. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Brian, why don't you go ahead? Okay, for me, when when I think about just trash booking, I think that the um, the alliance. To end Hulkamania, uncensored, nineteen ninety six takes the cake. Um, really interesting having a giant steel cage is like part of the entrance way. I'll give some props on that, even though I guess it was really hard to watch from a fan perspective. It was hard to watch from uh, you know if you were watching as a fan on TV. 
the whole idea here is Macho Man and Hulk Hogan have to battle through the entire dungeon of doom and the four uh, horsemen, four horsemen, which included Um, Lex Luger, Psycho Sid and Arn Anderson and Rick. And and they have to fight their way all the way down from the top of this multi-level steel cage through rooms uh, and get out of the, uh, I'm sorry. Like, I know that Hulk Hogan is, is like the golden boy. I'm, I'm not trying to down it. You know, I'm a big Randy Savage, Mark. I really am. <laughs> but come on, man. You can't go through the... At, at some point, you just ripped away all credibility from two whole factions. Yeah, it's quite the thing. Uh, the match, in my opinion, was trash. I watched it earlier today because I'd forgotten about it. But when you'd mentioned it to me, I was just like, I gotta watch this. I haven't seen it since it aired. It made unextreme rules look watchable. Yeah, man. Like, uh, I'm, I, you know, I actually, I'm gonna just go ahead and apologize to you because I didn't know that me bringing up that match would make you go and watch that trash. So I apologize. Yeah, I mean, for... it was bad, like really bad. Uh, for me, my personal worst booked match of all time. There's a lot of really cringy shit from WCW in the early 90s. Uh, It feels like they fed the entire roster to Hulk Hogan. Um, For me, it's the Halloween Havoc Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan match. Oh, God. I I went and rewatched that today as well. Uh, That... That, that was bad. Was really bad. The worst part, the worst fucking part of the entire thing was the fact that Hulk Hogan can see him. We, the audience, can see him and the people in the arena can see him, but Eric Bischoff can't? <laughs> that whole angle, that's, that's the, one of the worst parts. The match itself was actually physically the worst thing. But, like, the, the leading up to it, it was definitely Bischoff being blind to the spirit of the warrior. Which... Uh, it was I, mean, I like the psychological like mind games, the idea behind you know Warrior playing mind games with Hogan, but they were so ridiculous. If you're gonna play mind games, you should be able to talk. Oh, talk! He could talk, and he could talk and talk. Okay, coherently, not drug rattled. <laughs> oh, we shouldn't speak hell of the dead. I said what I said. But that match, that match was absolutely horrible. Um, And, I mean, the the booking leading up to it, it cost British Bulldog his career. Um, Completely ruined what otherwise would have actually been a pretty decent War Games match. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, yeah, it was, yeah, the War Games, yeah. I don't know why I said Halloween Havoc. Okay, okay, yep. You're gonna get, I see you getting that migraine look. It was in bad. Your, in your eye, we should probably move on. Yeah. But make sure you let us know what you think was the worst booking you've ever seen. Uh, extra little bonus points uh, for anything outside of Vince Russo, because we can do a whole episode on just bad booking by Vince Russo. Do you want to give a favor? Bad booking by Vince Russo. Ooh, uh, it's got to be uh, Brawl for All. Oh, 
everybody. <laughs> they had a one-eyed guy boxing. Um, for me, I with Vince Russo, I gotta go to the WCW era. There, I, there's a lot of cringy shit there, and it was a hard choice for me. Um. Yeah, it, it is really difficult. Like that, the multi-tiered cage um, that they called War Games, even though it wasn't War Games. I think it was like the Tower of Doom or whatever. Yeah, that was that was pretty. It was like pretty a- god awful. But but the moment for me was um, seeing Jeff Jarrett lay down and Hulk Hogan just. That that was honestly, in my opinion, the death knell. Like WCW was already on the decline for like a few years at that point, but like that was, I mean, a you have Jeff Jarrett as a champion, but like that was probably one of the, I don't want to say defining moments, but like that was the defining moments of the downfall. Uh, David Arquette's champion was pretty fucking terrible too. You know, at least that decision, I can, you know, I understand the mentality behind it. Like, I don't agree with it, but, okay, David Arquette, he's a, he's a famous actor. You know, you're trying to get that mainstream press out there in the same way you did with Jay Leno and uh, Dennis Rodman. I'm not saying that's the right decision at all, because I still hate it, but, uh, I'd rather see David Arquette win the title on a fluke in a tag team match. Uh, even if he was his part. Sorry. Uh, I didn't. What I didn't get. It was a fatal four way. It was a fatal four way tag team match. What the fuck? But but the, but but the thing was, Paige was the champion, and he was Arquette's partner. Arquette won the title from his partner, and then Paige was happy for it. Yeah, it made no sense. Made no sense. Uh, I mean, there, there's, I mean, no Booker is perfect. We've all seen mistakes. Dusty Rhodes wasn't perfect. Jim Cornette's not perfect. Uh, I think an honorable or dishonorable mention to Paul Heyman oh, actually. Dishonorable d- mention to Paul Heyman for the mass transit incident in ECW. For allowing that to go through. You already know New Jack, you know, I don't want to speak a little of the dead, but you know he 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 was fucked up. Like he would stab a motherfucker. Like <laughs> And then you don't bother to check if the kid's of age. That's bad, dude. Okay. That's real bad. Okay, I'm gonna I'm, we're, we're gonna I'm gonna give my dishonorable mention. I'm gonna i I'm gonna end tonight's show on on a little bit lighter of a note than than that. My dishonorable mention goes to Mark Henry and Mae Young's little baby hand. I, it's 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 a hand. It's a hand. That was on my short list of of really cringy shit. Uh, I mean, <laughs> looking at like the landscape of wrestling, that was early two thousands cringy. Well, like Attitude Era cringy was probably the worst. Like, and I'm oh, talking WCW and WWF era Attitude Era. Don't let Vince Russo booking, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, they shouldn't let him anywhere near a pencil ever again. Crash cart booking. 
what everybody wants to see. Crash TV. Uh, hard pass. All right. Alrighty, well, we're going to be signing off for this week. We hope you enjoyed this show. Uh, make sure to you know leave your comments for the questions of the week on our Facebook page, uh, and we look forward to seeing you guys next week. I have been your host, Evan Jones, a.k.a. The Wrestling God. And I am the Alpha Angel, Brian Mead. Make sure to pick up your Enforced Chew at all fine retailers, and we will see you next week for more Standards of Greatness podcast. Good night, everybody.